Chapter 1. Hope. Dawn breaks over acres of fields. The rays of sun wake nature for the new day. Small creatures scurry around the back streets of Holyhead in search of rations to last for the day ahead. As the morning rapidly approaches, the clatter of milk bottles and occasional barking from the local canines can be heard. Several tractors trudge along the fields in the distance. Letters drop onto a mat. The house seems lifeless. Somewhere a clock is ticking continuously. The house is a small stone cottage, one in a line of cottages. The village consists of several small shops and buildings, a supermarket, one pub, a petrol station and a small but significant church. The nearest town, Bethsema, is several miles down the road, consisting of around 500 people. A clock radio blares out at exactly 8 o'clock a.m. A woman's voice begins to read out the national headlines in a monotonous drone, sounding as if she regretted applying for the job. A rush of energy, a hand shoots out, a bang on top of the radio, and the miserable voice fades away. The same hand grabs the bed covers and pulls them over its owner, huddled warm under on the single bed. The next second, the door is pushed open and a cheery voice breaks the comfortable silence. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine! A mug of hot liquid is carefully placed on the cabinet by the side of the bed. There's a letter for you, says the voice, as the curtains are dramatically pulled apart, filling the room with the full rays of the morning sun. Oh, bloody hell, says the lump in the bed under its breath. I think it's from that college you applied to, says the voice, putting the letter down next to the mug. I'll open it later. Shut the curtains, will you? It's gone eight. It's nice to have God's light to brighten the room up the voice said as the door is pulled softly to leaving it ajar and the sound of footsteps on the stairs get fainter. God can keep his damned light until I get up, the vulnerable heat mumbles, dressed only in a faded green t-shirt and boxer shorts with obscure shapes printed over them. He slams the door shut, pulls the curtains back together again and dives back under the covers in one full energetic move. The irritating sound of the radio can be heard once more from the room as the heap desperately tries to get back to sleep. Bugger, bugger, comes from somewhere under the covers. Why come in so early? An arm comes out from under the covers, reaching for the radio. A reaction to the volume is made and is adjusted to a bearable compromise. Rising from beneath the bed covers, the teenager sits up, leans against the wall his bed has been shoved up against, and simultaneously yawns and stretches in an awkward fashion, resenting the fact that he's been woken. He takes a sip of the tea, spilling it down his T-shirt. Jesus! He jumps up as the hot liquid burns into his body. The tea spills down the side of the bed. Bugger! He quickly puts the mug back down and in one swift move pulls the t-shirt off over his head and chucks it on the floor. He pulls his legs out of the bed, sits on the edge and picks up his letter. It is addressed to Mr. Daniel Butcher, 23 Wood Road, Holyhead, Devon, DV 12 7PH. He glances at the postmark, 23rd July 1990, Westbrook, London. I bet I've fucked this up, he thinks. The letter is dropped onto the bed as he stands up. He stumbles, adjusts his balance, and makes his way to his ensuite bathroom. As he relieves himself, he's thinking, Am I in? Have I got it? Probably not, knowing my luck. Danny turns the tap to wash his hands. As he does so, he looks in the mirror. His reflection shows an unshaven youth. Designer stubble, he thinks. A handsome long face with a small button nose and deep brown eyes. His black curly hair has somehow united as one to present a large, wild quiff determined to stay set in its position regardless of how many times he tries to brush it down. Fuck it, Danny mumbles. I'll sort it out later.